Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. There's so much freedom when we practice exalting the Lord. There's so much freedom that comes when we come to a place where we say, Lord, you be exalted in my life. You be lifted up in my life. And the freedom that comes and the joy that comes and the opportunities that come, it's absolutely amazing. I found in my life that when we worship God just like that, to the song just like that, I could be carrying a burden. I could be uh, weighed down with weights that I never was supposed to carry in the first place. And as I just begin to worship God like that, especially to that song, it's amazing how those weights just begin to lift off. And as we begin to magnify God like that, what happens in moments like that is we begin to see the problems the way God sees them. He sees them so different than the way you and I see them. I just want to encourage you guys right now. Embrace worshiping the Lord. Embrace allowing the Holy Spirit. We've been teaching this whole month on ghost stories, the power of the Holy Spirit, who He is, what He wants to do in our life. Don't you know right now, this is the message for this hour. If we ever needed the Holy Spirit to manifest in our life, if we ever needed to hear the voice of God, if we ever needed to know which way to go, now is the time. When we look at all the crises that are happening all around us, how can you and I stay sane? How can you and I continue to live in the peace of God? It's staying right here under the presence of God. And so that's what we're doing here at Revolution. And we're so excited that you're joining us for the first time. If you are worshiping with us, we just know that, that this is an incredible season that we're in. And we consider it an honor and a privilege that you would be worshiping with us right now. So thank you for joining us. For those of you who are with us regularly, you know God is doing something amazing. I had a conversation with somebody earlier this week that their family is being recharged and and supernaturally charged by the Holy Spirit is absolutely amazing what God is doing. There's something about this time, this series on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be wrapping up this series today. And I want you to really pay attention. I want you to get your Bibles with me. And I want you to, to understand right here from the very beginning, this may be one of the most important messages that I've ever taught. I so believe that we are coming in to a time when we need the Lord to order our steps. I was praying, I was just before the Lord, I was saying, Lord, thank you for ordering my steps. Thank you for ordering my steps. And I found myself saying this, and I hope you hear my heart when I, when I say this. I found myself saying, Lord, I submit to your order for my life. I want you to think about that. Have we submitted to God's order for our life or, or, or are we submitting to an, another order for our life? And I'm telling you, right now, that when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, and we start talking about who He is in our life, and the different twists and turns that you and I may face over the months that are in front of us, we need the Holy Spirit in our life. And we need to submit to the order that God has for us, because that's where true peace is. So today's message is maybe one of the most important messages I've ever taught. 
So I want you to have your Bibles because we're going to read a lot of scriptures today. And I want you to think about this. All month long, we've been talking about the advantage, the advantage, the advantage. Jesus said it was to our advantage that he would go away. It didn't make any sense. But throughout this series, we understand now why Jesus said it was to our advantage that he would go away. And that the Holy Spirit, the helper, he would come. He would equip us. He would partner with us. He would do life with us. And today, I want to end this series today with this thought, okay? Imagine, imagine you having an appliance, a brand new appliance, and and top of the line, maybe General Electric, and you send that appliance to a third world country where there is no electricity. It may be a stove, that can cook meals and and provide for a family that maybe is hungry. But if there's no electricity, there's no way for that stove to work, right? And so many times, this is a picture of the Holy Spirit, you guys. I want you to get a hold of this today. That, that, That you and I can be believers. We can be like that appliance. But there's no power to that appliance. The Holy Spirit, we're gonna find out today, is the power source for our life. If I can, put a title to this message, I would say the Holy Spirit is our power source. That's what we're going to learn today, how you and I can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do things that you never thought that you could do, to be in places that you never thought that you would be. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us. So I want you to join your faith with me, and I want you to pray. Before I die, I want to say thank you to all of those that, that serve faithfully here at Revolution, that worship team, our tech team, all the people that continue to make this happen. And as we continue to pray about our relaunch and pray about the different things that God has for us, I want to say thank you. Thank you first and foremost, because you guys have been absolutely amazing and so supportive. And we just know that God has great things in front of us. All right, so let's pray and let's believe God to learn more about the power of the Holy Spirit today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you for the opportunity to share the word of God. I thank you for all who are are participating, all who are helping, all who are serving. I ask, Father, for special blessings upon them. Open doors, Lord God. Lord, vision, dreams, opportunities. We just thank you so much, Lord, for all that you're doing, for anybody that's connected here with us. We ask you to bless our time together, Holy Spirit, that you would use me to speak this message today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. All right, come on, if you're watching with somebody, come on, get a Bible out. Tell them to get ready. We're going to learn about some things about the power of the Holy Spirit, His role in our life as a result, as it relates to doing things that we never thought that we could do. All right, so we're going to start reading in Acts chapter one. All right, and as we start reading, I want you to know the setting of this scripture. And I think you're going to find it so similar to the setting that we live in today. It was a time of tremendous political unrest. It was a time of tremendous polarization of people, loved ones turning against each other because of Jesus. Jesus showed up on the scene and there was a faction of people that thought he was going to deliver them out of Roman occupation. Then there was a factor of people that didn't want to be delivered out of Roman occupation. Then there was another factor of people that didn't know what they wanted. And so it was just chaos. 
And so this is the setting. And so Jesus is, is he goes on trial. He dies. All right. And, and, and everybody thinks that Christianity is dead. It's over. It's finished. All right. But then Jesus begins to do something through the resurrection. He begins to appear to people. Over 40 days from the time he was raised from the dead, he begins to appear to people and he begins to tell them a message. He begins to tell them that the kingdom of God is about to be launched in the earth. It's so beautiful. And we're going to start reading here in Acts chapter 1, but I want you to get the setting. The setting of Acts 1 is very similar to the setting you and I find ourselves in today. A tremendous polarization of factions and and. Uh, ideologies and, 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 and different things that are happening around the world that I never would have thought would happen in my lifetime. But I'm beginning to see things happen right now. And I'm telling you, I believe this message is so on time about needing the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. All right, so Acts chapter 1, I'm going to read right from the very beginning, all right? Keep your Bibles, come on, read right along with me, all right? Now, in the first book, O Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up and after he had given commands to the Holy Spirit, so the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering for many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So here you go. You see in the scripture, this is where we get the idea that Jesus appeared to people for 40 days before he went to heaven. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. Listen, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Remember, Jesus talked about the advantage. He says it's expedient for him to go away because he would release the Holy Spirit. He had to go back to heaven so that the Holy Spirit could come here to the earth. And here is the beginning of all of this beginning to happen. All right. Again, for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him. So Jesus is here and, is, and he's not gone yet to heaven. This is in that 40 day period. All right. They asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Because this is what they wanted. They wanted to be free from Roman occupation. They wanted to go back to the glory days of David and King Solomon and temple worship where, where they were at the top of the food chain. That's what they wanted. This is what they were believing for. All right. But, the, but Jesus said this to them. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. God has an order, he's basically saying. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, they were looking on and he was lifted up and the cloud took him out of their sight. X-Files all the way, baby. Come on. This is amazing stuff here. They're talking to Jesus, and he just disappears in front of them, and then he goes to heaven. Now, he makes this promise here. He says, he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come to you. The power of the Holy Spirit's going to come to you. And this is awesome because the word power in the Greek means dunamis. It means power, special ability. 
In other words, being able to do things you could not do before. This is so amazing. Listen, it's the same power that Jesus operated in. You know, throughout our teaching, that it was when Jesus, at his water baptism, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And it was after the Holy Spirit came upon him and he went into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days, the Bible says. It was then Jesus started to do miracles and started to do things that, were, that seemed humanly impossible. All right? And Jesus is making a claim right here. Come on, I need some of you to get excited about this. What Jesus was saying, the same power that came upon him is the same power that can come upon us. That's what he's saying here. He's saying the same power. And now, here's the deal. I want you to read another scripture with me. Hold your place there in, chapter, in Acts, because we're going to be coming back to the book of Acts. But I want you to see this in John chapter 14, 12. This is the reason why Jesus makes this powerful statement in this scripture here. In John 14, 12, Jesus himself says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. This is the reference to the advantage again, guys, that he's going to go away and it's to our advantage that he goes away. He says right here, because he's going to go to the father, you and I are going to have the ability to do some amazing things when we embrace the Holy Spirit. So you can't do the amazing things in and of yourself. You do the amazing things because the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We understand who the Holy Spirit is. We understand his role in our life and we learn to yield to him, which is one of the things we're going to learn today. Learning to yield to the Holy Spirit. How do you even know you have the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? We've been talking about him this entire series. But today, you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you could step into this role right here, working with the Holy Spirit. All right, so back over to Acts. Jesus tells the disciples, I want you to wait in Jerusalem for this power. Wait in Jerusalem for this, this experience that's coming, all right? I don't want you to go out, he was saying, in your own strength. When you go do your ministry, I want you to go in my strength. And my strength is going to come by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to see this, Acts chapter 2. Look what happens here. So the disciples, they go to Jerusalem, and they wait, and they pray there for 50 days, all right? So literally, that's, that's less than two months after Jesus' death, all right? After Jesus' resurrection, all right? For two, less than two months. This is why things don't take, don't, they don't have to take a long time in the Lord if we'll just obey, if we'll just follow his order for our lives. So the disciples did that. They went away to Jerusalem. Now we'll pick up reading here in Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, verse 1, Pentecost means 50 days. That's all it means. They were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. You got to wonder if this is what Jesus was talking about. Wait, something's coming. The gift is coming. The gift of the Holy Spirit is coming. All right. And boy, it, it appears with, with such 
fanfare here. Watch this. And they were all sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, most scholars would believe this is the birth of the New Testament church. Because right here, if you follow all the way through Acts chapter 2, you begin to see a revival breaks out because of this event right here. Because of this event right here, 3,000 people become Christians this day. Peter, who had just denied Jesus less than two months, who had just denied Jesus in, in one of the most despicable betrayals you can imagine, here he stands up 50 days later and he delivers the first New Testament sermon anointed by the Holy Spirit. And in his very first sermon, 3,000 people are added to the church in one day. That is doing something that he was not able to do before. Why? The Holy Spirit came upon him. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you. I sense the Holy Spirit so strong right now. The Holy Spirit wants to come upon you. He's got a call to ministry for you. He's got a call to a business for you. He's got a call to some sort of influence for you. If you will yield to the Holy Spirit, even in this message, I believe God is going to begin showing you doors that he's going to open for you. All right. All right. So I want you to see revival breaks out. People are getting saved. Scholars will tell you, this is the beginning. This is the birth of the New Testament church. And wildfire breaks out, man. Things start happening all around Jerusalem. People start getting healed. There are miracles. It's the same miracles that Jesus had. Men are being prayed for. Dead are being raised. Demons are being cast out. And people were doing this who were not called Jesus. They were just called human. They were just called Peter, James, John. They were probably called Larry, Moe, Curly. Come on, somebody. They were called, they were just average, ordinary people. They got filled with the Holy Spirit and understood that they had a mission on earth and in this endowment with power to do some pretty special things, all right? So I want you to see this in Acts chapter 8. I want you to see an example of what happened. So the church's birth there in Acts chapter 2, the power of the Holy Spirit is poured out. Now watch this. Watch this in Acts chapter uh, 8, verses, we're going to read 4 all the way through 19, all right? But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. They were just believers like you and me. And wherever they went, they just started to talk about Jesus. And as they started to talk about Jesus, the Holy Spirit would manifest and amazing things started to happen like this. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah or about Jesus. Listen, Crowds listened intently to Philip. The same kind of crowds that were listening to Jesus were the same kind of crowds that were listening to Philip. We don't even know who Philip is. We only know he's one of his followers, but he was just an individual. He was just a man, all right? Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and to see the miraculous signs he did. Listen to this. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. You see 
Philip doing the exact things that Jesus did. You see Philip living out what Jesus said in John chapter 14, that you would do greater works. You see it in living action right here. And I, friends, I'm trying to tell you today that nothing has changed. When we understand who the Holy Spirit is and the endowment that comes from him, we can do the same thing. You might not run around, be praying for people and casting out demons. People get so afraid about casting out demons today because they think that the demons don't exist here in the United States. I'm telling you, demons are not a respecter of persons. They are worldwide. And we're going to see more and more activity of demons, I think, in the days to come, which is the reason why I feel so, so compelled to empower you with an understanding of the Holy Spirit to equip you so that you could be one of Jesus' Uh, followers and one of Jesus' disciples in this arena, all right? And so, uh, so I want you to see this uh, as and uh, this this a little bit more here. Uh, we'll start in verse nine. It says, "So again, there was great joy in the city." Let me just say this: there's always going to be great joy when you begin to see the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. Whenever I've had the opportunity to pray for people, especially in, in missions trips. And I see the power of the Holy Spirit just in manifestation. Joy comes to those villages, I'm telling you. All right, verse 9. Watch this. this you're going to find this so interesting. Now, this is so real. All right, watch this. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. So this man Simon was acting as a counterfeit and some sort of demonic power. Watch what happens here. Verse 12. But now... The people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. So the people of this village, they can see what Philip is doing. They see the power of God in manifestation. And everybody's saying, well, wait a minute. Simon is doing this, but Philip is doing this, which is better. It's exactly as Jesus said. Watch this. <laughs> This is so powerful. May this happen over and over in our country again, Lord. Watch this. <clears throat> then Simon himself believed and was baptized. This sorcerer was so overtaken by the power of God, was so overtaken by the power of the Holy Spirit operating in Philip's life that he gave his life to Jesus as well. <laughs> Wouldn't this just be amazing? If a handful of us across this country would get a hold of this, CNN, come on, MSNBC, every liberal news station that is anti-Christ, anti-Jesus would be changed overnight when they begin seeing the power of God in operation. You have a clear example right here of somebody who is anti-Christ, anti-God, seeing the power of God in manifestation and giving his heart to Jesus. God is not a respecter of person. I'm telling you, it's what I believe one of the most important messages that I've ever preached. I believe God wants to do the same today. And I'll take it a step further. God has to do the same today.
We need the power of God to be in operation in our lives. We need the power of God to be in operation in our churches. We need the power of God to be operation in our businesses, in our families, wherever we go. We need the power of God to be so in operation in our lives that we are willing to put the past behind us. We are willing to put offenses behind us. We are willing to put differences behind us to say we live in a moment of time right now where we need the power of God in operation. We need to stand together as brothers and sisters. I don't care what background you come from. I don't care what offense, what situation, who hurt you, who didn't hurt you. We need to stand together in the power of God like we've never stood before. And in this case, great joy came to the city. And I'm telling you, great joy will come to America as we stand together. But watch this. Watch this. Watch this. All right. So, so people believe Philip. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. And Simon himself believed and he was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went. He left his life of sorcery and started following Philip. He was so overtaken, and he was amazed by the signs and the great miracles that Philip performed. He was amazed at the great signs and miracles that just a man performed, an ordinary man like you and me. And I believe God is still doing the same thing and still wants to do the same thing in our lives. All right. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people in Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. And as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. What happened here? They were believers. They believed in Philip. They got baptized. But yet, the disciples, Peter and John, they had to come down to pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. But wait a minute. I thought they got the Holy Spirit when they believed Jesus. They do. But what, what's happening here is, is what I want you to see. This is where the rubber hits the road with the, with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. There is a second experience that you and I as believers can have in the Holy Spirit. And you see it right here in the scripture. That the disciples had to come down from Jerusalem to assist Philip, all these new converts, that they needed to receive the Holy Spirit. They needed to receive the empowerment that Jesus talked about in Acts chapter 1. They needed to receive the empowerment that you saw happen in Acts chapter 2. Are you tracking with me? All right. So watch what happens here. And as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. This is so beautiful, all right? Now watch this. This is amazing. When Simon saw, remember the sorcerer? When he saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Poor Simon. He wasn't yet completely delivered. He wasn't yet completely, come on, all transferred over like some of us, all right? That was me. I wasn't completely transferred over when I first became a Christian. All right, so here's Simon. He's trying to offer money to buy this power that he saw when Peter and John laid hands on people and they received the Holy Spirit. Listen, what did Simon see? What did he see? He saw something that he wanted. 
I'm getting to that right now, right? He laid their hands on people and he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he claimed, he explained, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit, all right? So here's what I want to focus on right here. This is part of the message that I want you to understand. The God doesn't want this to be a mystery of whether you've received this second experience or not. God wants it to be very clear to us that we've actually stepped into this, all right? Because there's great confusion about this part right here. It doesn't have to be. It's so simple. You've seen right through the scriptures that there was a second experience with the Holy Spirit. And Simon saw something that he wanted to pay for. What did he see? All right. Here's what he saw. He saw that when the disciples, when John, John, when Peter and John laid hands on people, they began to pray in other tongues. They began to pray in another language unknown to men. That's what Simon saw. And Simon wanted the same power to do this. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that I want you to see he saw something. He saw evidence of people receiving the Holy Spirit empowerment. What was that evidence? They began to pray in other tongues. Listen, I'm just telling you what the word of God says. A lot of people have made a lot of to do about this, but this is the word of God. God chose praying in a language that we've never heard or never known, never spoken before to be the evidence of receiving this power. I don't know why he chose this as the evidence. He could have chosen, you know, you getting Vulcan ears. He could have chosen maybe you getting an extra finger on your hand. He could have chosen your hair turned a different color or something when you received the power of the Holy Spirit. But he didn't. He chose this method, this evidence of being able to pray in a language that you don't know, on a language that is unknown to you. This is the evidence. People can say, I feel with the Holy Spirit, but if there's no evidence of praying in other tongues, then you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and because you may not have that second experience, it doesn't make you any less of a Christian. You have to understand that. It doesn't, say, it doesn't make you any less of a believer who, who's still going to go to heaven, okay? No, you're going to heaven. But what this does, this is the advantage this is the empowerment. This is what Jesus was talking about that you and I can step into to begin doing things that we never thought that we could do before because you're not doing them in your strength. You're doing them in his strength by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to see very, very clearly here that God chose this method of praying in other tongues to be the evidence that you've received, all right? Now, here's what I want you to see too. This is so beautiful. As I started to study this, God loves you so much. He could have just given you Vulcan ears. He could have just turned your hair a different color, snapped, done, and that's it. But instead, God chose this other method because, and this is so special, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 14 too. Listen, let me read this to you. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. God chose to give you and I an evidence 
that is so special and so real and it's a gift that he gives you and me to be able to pray directly to God. Think about that. (laughs) He wanted you to know that you were baptized in the Holy Spirit with power and he wanted you to be able to speak directly to him in your new prayer language. This is yet another example of how much God loves us. Again, he could have chosen any other kind of evidence, but he wanted this one to be the evidence so that right from the very beginning of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay, we would know the special endowment of being able to speak to God directly. Isn't this awesome? Think about this. There's, there's, a, there's a demonic realm out there. And even though when we pray in English or our native language, we still pray to God. But the Bible tells us that when we pray in other tongues, we're praying a special language that goes directly to the Father that bypasses all demonic distraction, bypasses all demonic influence. This is so beautiful. And I know right now what I'm saying sounds controversial, but it's scriptural. It's biblical. And I feel like I would not be doing my job as a pastor by not sharing this truth with you because I'm telling you, in the days that we live in right now, I spend most of my time praying in my prayer language because I need to talk directly to God. I'm like you, dealing with the stress of the situations of our day, the stress of the anti-vaxxers, vaxxers, the stress of who's telling the truth in Washington, D.C., the stress of precious people who've been left behind in Afghanistan, the stress of these crazy storms that are just rising up like crazy all around us. We're all dealing with stressors, I'm telling you. And I find myself praying in the Spirit more and more. And it's the thing that's keeping me in peace. Friends, if I, I could give you a list right now of the things that are coming at Jeannie and I, <laughs> I could just give you a list. And here's the deal. My list is probably just like your list. We all have them. We all have situations we're working through, we're walking through. And I'm telling you right now, It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the ability to pray in the Spirit that has been getting me through. And I feel like I have to impart this to you as this installment. Because this will be the thing that will bring peace to your home, peace to your mind, peace to your marriage, peace to your business, peace to your parenting, peace to the decisions you have to make in the days to come. It is praying in the Holy Spirit. Right here, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, that when you, when you pray in tongues, you are praying directly to God. Now, I want you to know something. Here's why I think this is so important. Because like the early church started in this really chaotic time, and it's, it's amazing how right there in Acts chapter 2, The birth of the church involved the outpouring of the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues or praying in other tongues, all right? The same thing happened to another person in the Bible. His name was Timothy. Timothy was a pastor, 
I want you to get a hold of this because this is really going to help you. This is going to really help solidify a lot of the things that I'm saying right now. So Timothy was pastoring a really large church in Ephesus. It was growing like crazy until a persecution began to break out. You know what persecution is? Persecution is suffering for your faith. Standing up for something that you believe in and having people come against you, right? We're seeing that in our country right now. People standing up for our faith, standing up for Jesus, and we have heartless, just anti-Christian people that are are beginning to hate on the church, hate on believers, okay? The answer is not to hate back. I'm going to tell you what the answer is. We're going to read it here in a second. But I wanted you to see the context of what I'm about to read. Because here in 2 Timothy, all right, and it's a famous scripture. You're going to know the scripture when I read it. Paul writes this to Timothy, the pastor, in a time of tremendous persecution. And here's why they were being persecuted. Because the church in Rome was growing. The good news was growing. Miracles were happening all throughout the Roman Empire. And the church was growing. But an evil ruler named Nero, and you can go back and you can read this in your history books, okay? He hated Christians, and he hated what they were doing. So Nero, psycho, right? He burned his own city down, and then he decided to blame the Christians for burning the city so that he could persecute the Christians. So Timothy had this large church. Some say it was over 30,000, okay? He had this massive church, right? And now they're being threatened by Nero because Nero's blaming the Christians for burning Rome down. So you can imagine people are leaving the church. People are getting mad at Timothy. People are getting mad about Christianity, all right? The pressure that Timothy was under sounds like the pressure that a lot of Christian churches are under today. Sounds like the pressure that a lot of people are under today. And so I want you to see Paul's answer to Timothy right here, all right? Oh, I want you to fasten your seatbelts on this because this is awesome. This is the reason why understanding the power of the Holy Spirit, understanding the Bible evidence of receiving the power of the Holy Spirit is so critical right now more than ever. I'm I'm imploring you, don't live in a guest today. If you really want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, if you really want to walk in the things that I'm talking about, and you're willing to stick your head up, head and shoulders above the rest and say, I don't care. People say it's weird, but I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Then hear what I have to say. Just receive this, all right? So in this setting, Paul has to encourage Timothy, this young pastor, in the middle of this massive persecution, massive distrust, all right? Notice what he says here. He says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. This is 2 Timothy 1, 6-7. I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul was telling Timothy, I'm reminding you to stir up the Holy Spirit inside of you. The same way Peter and John laid their hands on those believers in Acts chapter 8 and they received the Holy Spirit, Paul laid hands on Timothy and he received the Holy Spirit. And in Timothy's discouragement of what's happening in the middle of all this persecution, Paul tells Timothy, stir up this gift. Stir up this gift. Stir up this gift. What is it? He says, stir up 
praying in the Spirit. Stir this up. Stir up praying in the Spirit. This is the key to getting over discouragement. This is the key to dealing with the persecution. This is the key to dealing with the fear and the stress of everything that's coming against you. Watch this. Here's how I know. Watch what the rest of the Scripture says. This is the one you know. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Come on, are you getting this? He said, in, in verse 6, he says, stir up the gift that's inside him. What was the gift that came inside him? It was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that was empowering him to pastor. The Holy Spirit that was empowering him to lead that tremendous flock of people. It was the Holy Spirit in him to lead through this chaotic time that he found himself in. No doubt fear was coming against him. No doubt, no doubt that the anxiety and stress, it was all coming against him. But Paul's answer to him was stir up this gift. Pray in the Spirit. This is the reason why I feel as a pastor so urgent to share this with you. Because we have to pray in the Spirit more now than ever before. Because watch what happens here. For God hasn't given us that spirit of fear. He hasn't given us that spirit. But here's what happens. When you begin to pray in the Spirit and you stir yourself up, here's what comes to you. Power comes to you. Power to live comes to you. Power to love comes to you. Power to have a sound mind or clear thinking comes to you. Friends, I'm telling you right now, right now I'm telling you, this is the reason why I pray in the Spirit so much. Because I recognize that I can't do the things I'm doing in my, my, my own power. I have to do them in the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't love people the way I need to love people in myself. I will love them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. Let me just give you just, just, just a quick example, all right? Man, I'm gonna tell you, we are living in a, a, a t an era of rage. There's so much rage, so much distrust. I mean, the slightest thing just, just ticks somebody off, moves somebody to violence. It's absolutely amazing. And so I find myself, I find myself like if I'm in a situation where, where uh, especially like road rage, I get involved in, in this road rage and people are just all nasty and so mean. I feel that resentment. I feel that yuckiness rising up inside of me when I'm in the middle of road rage. Right here in I-4, here in Orlando, Florida. You want to talk about road rage? You want to talk about one of the most difficult highways ever to, to drive on? Right here, right here. And... And I find myself, this, this yuckiness just rises up. Or if somebody says something about my wife or, or somebody, you know, comes against one of our faithful employees, right? Just yuckiness rises up inside of me, right? And watch this. Here's what I start doing. I start praying in the spirit right in the middle of all that yuckiness. And here's what I find happening. I find, listen, <laughs> some of you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I find that the poison of all that yuckiness begins to leave me as I pray in the spirit, as I stir myself up. I find the yuckiness of all of that offense, the yuckiness of all that hurt just begin to leave me as I begin to pray in the spirit. This is part of the empowerment that Jesus talked about. If you've got yuckiness on the inside of you, 
offense, I'm telling you, pray in the spirit. This is what Paul told Timothy. Stir yourself up in it. Listen, he ends this by saying, a sound mind, a mind that thinks clearly, a mind that sees clearly. Hey, do you need to see clearly in the days to come? Do you need to know how to discern who is saying what? Who's lying? Who's telling the truth? Do you need to know that? Pray in the spirit. It'll give you clarity of mind, clarity of thought. This is the power of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. Let me just, let me just tell you this. The word gift here in, 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 in verse 6, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God. All right? This word gift is the word charisma in the Greek. It comes from the root word chariz. And some of you already know where I'm going with this. And that word chariz is grace. Friends, the more you pray in the spirit, the more you're stirring up grace in your life. The more you pray in the spirit, the more you're going to stir up grace for others. The more you're going to begin stirring up grace for your coworkers. The more you're going to stir up grace for that stubborn spouse. The more you're going to stir up grace for that person that stole from you. The more you're going to stir up grace from the one that betrayed you. Yes, it is God's will that the more you pray in the spirit, the more grace will be stirred up in your life. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. Listen, what I'm sharing with you is probably some of the most powerful truth that you can probably hear today, okay? And I'm not the only one that believes this. I'm not the only one that teaches this, but I'm telling you, I feel like today I just got to put this out here, all right? And here's the deal. What I want you to know is this. If I knew, if I was an enemy and I knew how powerful all these principles were that I just talked about today, I would do everything in my power to discredit it. And that's what Satan has done. That's what the devil has done. He has done whatever he can in his power to discredit praying in the spirit. Nothing freaks him out more than a believer who will pray in the spirit and believe that he can walk in the same power that Jesus walked in. I believe that's what God's called us to. A life of empowerment, a life of believing God. And Satan will stir up religious people, religious leaders to bring confusion about something that is so clear in the word of God. Because it takes faith to believe this. You can't intellectualize the things that I'm saying. All I can do is share with you from the scriptures and pray that your heart is stirred up to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I just believe right now as we pray, I believe God's going to do a tremendous work in our life. If you're, if you're watching today and you really want to receive the Holy Spirit, I believe he's going to do so right now. Jez, would you help me out? We're going to just believe God right now for something special to happen. All right. Now, here's the deal. I want to read this scripture. I want to read this scripture because when people start hearing about the Holy Spirit, they get afraid. 
I get it. It's out of our comfort zone, but it doesn't have to be. All right. This is so special. You have to understand that the Holy Spirit in receiving this gift is a gift to God's kids. You have to be a Christian to be able to receive this. It's a special gift that God gives his children. Maybe you're watching today and and you've never made that step to put your faith in Jesus to become a Christian or a child of God. Well, the first step is right here. It's just receive him. Receive a Savior who loves you, who died for you. The Bible says that Jesus was given over for our sin. He was handed over to die for our sin. It's amazing. Who handed him over? People think men handed Jesus over, and they did. But ultimately, God the Father handed over his own son for you and me to pay for our sin. We were born into sin. Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, and it was passed on to all of us. Whether we like it or not, it's the way it is. We needed a Savior, not because we sinned, but because Adam sinned. God's answer to that sin sin, was handing over his only begotten son to die for that sin. Why why did he have to do that? Well, a man failed in the garden and another man, the Bible says, the second man, the second Adam, Jesus, had to fix what Adam did. Yeah. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, please do so today. Before we pray for the Holy Spirit, you got to know that you're right with God, that you've put your faith in Him. And it's real simple. All you have to do is pray a simple prayer like this. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you into my life. Be my Savior. I believe you were handed over to die for my sin and you were raised to life to make me right with God. I take you as my Savior. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. It's that simple. It's that simple. When you receive Christ, it's just that simple. And now you don't have to wait right now. We're going to pray right now for you to receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's best that when you put your faith in Jesus, that you move right over here to receive the the infilling of this Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray for you to do that here in a second. I want to read a scripture to you, though, first, before I do. And it's very clear what the scripture says here in Matthew chapter 7. Verse 9 and 11. I want you to hear. This is the heart of Jesus speaking. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is the heart of your father speaking through the scripture. He's saying, if you ask for the Holy Spirit to empower you 
If you ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be afraid. He's not going to give you something that's going to hurt you. He's going to give you something that's going to empower you and draw you closer to him. Friends, this is the time to draw closer to him. So I want you to just release your faith right now that as we pray, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because I'm here and you're there in your living room or wherever you are right now, I just believe there's going to be a supernatural transference of power. I cannot tell you how many Zoom meetings I have been on and prayed for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they received over Zoom. I'm not kidding you. I'm telling you the truth, you guys. All right. Some people, when they hear that, they just go into unbelief right away. And I don't care. I have the evidence. All right. I prayed with people in a restaurant. I prayed I pray with people at the end of a meal with servers still coming to the table, taking the hand of somebody and praying for them to receive the Holy Spirit right there in restaurants. It's so glorious to see. We've made this so difficult. You can receive right where you're at. Why would God give us something that was so difficult to receive? It's difficult to receive oftentimes because we don't understand. There's confusion about it. And I pray today that I cut the veil of confusion aside that you just receive. He says right here, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so your heavenly Father wants to give good gifts to you. The Holy Spirit is good and wants to empower you. So right where you're at, you want to walk in this endowment. Or if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and yet it's, it's waned in your life and you need to stir it up. Just like Paul told Timothy, we're going to pray for that today, right now, right now. So where you're at, just stretch your hand towards the screen as an act of faith. Say, Lord, I want the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit now. In Jesus' name. Now just begin to worship Him right where you're at right now. Just begin to thank Him for that. Just begin to thank Him for that. I just believe some of you will be receiving the empowerment right now. You're receiving the empowerment. Just go ahead, begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to pray those words that are coming to you. They're not going to make any sense. Just begin to pray them. Just begin to utter them. Take a step and begin to utter them. I'm telling you, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It starts right there as a seed, and it begins to grow. Come on, just receive that right now in the name of Jesus. Just receive it. Oh, we just worship you, Father. We just bless you right now. Some of you, you're experiencing the heat all over your body. God is healing you. You have a liver disorder. And I'm telling you, the Lord is beginning to clean out your liver in the name of Jesus. This is what the Holy Spirit does. This is what the Holy Spirit does. There's an arthritic, arthritic condition in your lower back. God is healing your lower back right now in the name of Jesus. Get up. Come on. Begin moving around. Just moving around as an act of faith. Begin moving around. Watch God do something special for you right now. Lord, we just worship you and we praise you. Oh, friends, I just feel 
the presence of God so strong right now. Just receive it. Don't let this moment leave you. Receive the infilling. Receive an impartation. Receive even the seed of revival in your life right now. Come on. Oh, we just thank you, Father. We just worship you and we praise you. Friends, it's a new day. It's a new day. We need to stand together and believe that the word of God is true. Let's stand against religion. Let's stand against confusion. Let's stand against anything that's contrary to the word of God. Let's hold fast to it. And let's watch the power of God go in operation in our lives. I love you guys so much. And I'm just so excited about what God is going to continue to do in our lives. Listen, if you pray to receive Christ, if you pray to receive Jesus for the first time, I want you to to type the word Jesus in the chat. I want to be able to send you something to help you on your next steps with Jesus. If you receive the Holy Spirit, like that whole family did uh, that I heard about earlier this week. Come on, let me know. Find a way to let us know. We want to know that we're standing with you and we're standing together, especially as we begin contemplating how we're going to be relaunching our, our life services, okay? Stand with us. We're believing for the power of the Holy Spirit to be in manifestation as we do this, all right? I love you guys. I miss you guys so much. We'll see you right back here next week. In the meantime, remember you're blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.